We are three best friends living on three corners of the country, wifing, momming, boss babing, and honestly, just trying to keep our shit together. Anyway, I'm Allie. I'm Alicia. I'm Elisa, and this is A3 Life. Our fun, funny, and informative lifestyle podcast, where we will be speaking on how to be fearless, authentic, and relentless in all areas of life. Enjoy the show. Hi guys, welcome to this week's episode of A3 Life. We have a super, super special guest with us and we're really, really super excited for you guys to get to hear from her and all of her cool stories and accomplishments and hear just her whole, you know, everything about her. So I'm going to read an intro that is in her book that we're going to be talking about. So this is going to give you a little preview into her and then we're going to dive into it. So Miss Brandon Lynette doesn't look like a typical author, but she has long ignored what she should do, say, and look like. On her own, at a very young age, Brandon eventually found herself with the wrong guy, the wrong job, and a, a bleak future. The fairy tale she was promised as a child never materialized. Finally, Brandon decided she wanted something different for her life and realized no one was going to do it for her. Prince Charming wasn't coming to save her. She'd save herself. Step-by-step, decision-by-decision, through major trials and tribulations that would stop most people in their tracks, Brandon learned how to turn heartbreak into happiness and self-judgment into inner joy. Today, Brandon Lynette is an entrepreneur, coach, speaker, wife, and stay-at-home mom to six c-section babies ages one through 16 and way too many effing pets (laughs) somehow however she manages to juggle all of this efforts effortlessly just about as effortlessly as i can say that word which is a blatant lie (laughs) while pushing her way through the kinds of fear and self-doubts that whisper within all of us totally true to achieve her goals most recent dream her most recent dream come true is this book one that is destined to have major impact on millions of women across the globe or at least the nine people in michigan <laughs> through it all she has found her happiness her joy and her unique voice so everybody meet miss brandon hi brandon hi. we're so happy to have you thank you guys it's not intimidating at all at all Stop. to be on here just stop it right do you, there. Yeah. Do you see what we look like? Yeah, I've seen the rock stars you've had on this podcast, so it's it's intimidating for sure. Well, you're so worthy, and like Allie mentioned, we're super excited to have you. Um, so we're going to dive into the book in a little while, because this whole month was women empowerment, things like that, and you know that's kind of what our series has been about for the entire month, so we were like, who are, you know, been scouting and we've had some amazing guests on and we still have a few more um in store but we're like okay we have to have Brandon because to me you are the example of empowerment and having this huge success and you know it wasn't given to you you've had to work for it you've been through some shit quite frankly and instead of being a victim you've come out victorious and that's absolutely what I love about that because I see it happen to so many women and and people in general not just women but women seem to be a big sucker for being a victim so let's go back let's start before we dive into the book which is kind of based on your life and real life experiences. So I think that'll kind of go together, but kind of take us back, take us back to, you know, the beginning, things that have happened in your life, things that you've dealt with, and then we'll get into the success. Okay. Awesome. So, um, I mean, probably the beginning for me was I 
the first time my mom kicked me out, like literally kicked me out, I was 12. Um, since then, like at 12 years old, um, I, I just struggled to find my place. I never really fit in. I didn't have friends. I didn't have, I didn't have anybody really. Um, and I started acting out, getting in trouble, getting attention where I could. Um, I lacked a lot of self-love. I grew up hearing words, um, I love you, but I don't like you. That was like her main, that was her thing. So, um, I learned that I, I wasn't worthy. Right. So I had this huge, um, just rejection. I think I've carried rejection my whole life. I emancipated legally at 15, um, and have been on my own since. So I didn't have an influence of like, you know, money knowledge or what to do with my life, a, a life path, a career path. I didn't know who I was. I definitely did not like myself. Um, by far didn't love myself. I looked for that in all the wrong places, all the wrong choices. Um, and I didn't, I didn't have that example of, you know, love, unconditional, you know, what I, what I would imagine as a mom now, unconditional love. Like you're just supposed to love your kids, right? It's like supposed to be natural. Um, apparently for my mom, it wasn't. So I really, um, that was my thing, just trying to find my way to figure stuff out. And it, took me from the age of 15 till, you know, probably two years ago. I'm 40 now. So <laughs> all that time I've been like wondering in the dark, just, you know, I, I was a victim. I was depressed. I was, I didn't know who I was or what I wanted or where I needed to go. I just knew that everything I had chosen wasn't enough. And I kept just hearing this voice of like, there's more. And I've, I've always felt like, um, you know, there's been whispers in my life, um, just incredible people. Like I was in what you call um, proctor care, kind of like foster care, but it's for teens that get arrested. So I was like in juvie, in and out of juvie forever. Um, and some of the people in these homes were just like, you don't really fit the mold. Like you're not one of these kids, you know, in detention and in these homes, they're just like, you're, this isn't for you. And so I kept thinking there, you know, there was a purpose. There's a reason I went through everything I went through. Um, you can't really appreciate everything good in your life unless you can be thankful for the bad too. And, you know, as a mom, I grew a lot through that, but I think I still struggled with just that self-love because like, if your mom doesn't love you, who could love you? Right? Like that, your own mom doesn't love you. You're not really worth a lot in the eyes of a lot of people. So I never really saw that. And then I just came to the point of realizing that, you know, I, I had to start appreciating what happened and start looking at the positive side of everything. Like, you know, I'm, I'm the best mom in the world now because I knew what I wanted. You know, I'm, I'm great in my marriage now because I know what I want now. Um, you know, outside of all the bad relationships I picked and, you know, just wanting to be, I was comfortable being a victim. I was comfortable being stuck. I was comfortable just surviving, really. Um, but then that whisper of just like, there's more out there kind of got louder. And so I had to listen. And so, you know, I've, I've done a lot of things to kind of try to give back because I thought, you know, um, people open their home as, as proctor care parents and stuff. So I did foster care for troubled teens for a while. Um, and I loved that, but it didn't fit. Like I wasn't secure enough in who I was 
to be strong enough to continue that. Um, and I was really young. I started at 20 and no, I had no business. I had no business <laughs> being a foster parent that young, but I mean, I did it. It was great. I met some amazing kids. Um, and I know I made an impact in their lives because I knew what that, I knew not to take their shit personal. Um, so I, I don't know. I've done a lot to where I knew I had to give to other people. And that kind of brought me to this, you know, to writing a book. I love writing. I've always, I usually write fiction. That's my jam. Um, but after being rejected for 10 years, I finally just had this calling. Like I felt this huge whisper of like, you have to write a book to empower, you know, people to share people that, you know, you have to be your own hero. Like, as much as I've always prayed or wished that someone could just save me or like, I wished it would get easier. I'm like, why is life always so hard? Like, when am I going to get the good guy that's going to take care of me? When am I going to get, you know, the easy everything? Like, when is this going to work out? And the truth was, it was never coming. I had to be the guy I wanted, right? I had to be the one to take care of me. I had to be the one to dig me out of the hole. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my start. That's perfect. Um, um, so, you know, for those that did have like a similar start, you know, you said something, I didn't know how to love myself because I was never taught. I think that that really, really is something that a lot of people can relate to and have felt, um, you know, on varying levels and at, at varying stages in their lives. But, um, just, just so that people know, like, a little bit more about that. Do you have a relationship with your mom now or, or how did you, do you have siblings? Like how did all of this unfold for you in your life? Um, so I off and on through the years, I tried to talk to her, but, um, unfortunately she's just someone who it was never about me, right? Like all yeah. the actions she took, all of her decisions, it really never had anything to do with me. It was the fact that she wasn't happy. She didn't love yeah. herself um, and she's miserable. She was miserable and um, it ended up being toxic. I think the last time we didn't talk for a few years off and on several times throughout my life and we would try again, but I never felt good. Every time I left the conversation, I felt like dirty and just negative and like it was just, there was never a genuine happiness for me. If I ever was like, oh my God, this is happening. She's like, oh, but no, this is, you know, that's not going to work out. Or what are you thinking? And it didn't matter about a relationship. Um, if it was good or bad for me, it wasn't going to be good enough. And just there was, everything was just so yuck. And two years ago, I think it was two, maybe three years ago, um, she, my phone rang and it was her. And I was like excited because I'm like, oh my God, she misses me because I think that a part of me is never going to not want her to love me. Like I, there's yeah. always going to, and I've, I'm learning to deal with that, to leave room for that little girl that wishes she had a mom that wishes, you know, my mom would just wake up one day and be like, Oh my God, I'm so proud of you. So when she was calling, um, I was very excited because, you know, obviously I want my mom to love me. I'm, I'm always, there's always going to be that part of me that wants that approval. So I went ahead and answered the phone and when I answered, um, there was a slur of F-bombs um, just going off on me for some whatever. Um, it was a good five-minute rant, and my heart sank. And I, when she got a little quiet, I finally just said, are you done? 
And when I asked her that, um, my whole heart was just like, we're done. So are you done? Are you done? Because I was done. Like at that point, I knew it was just too toxic. Like I had to stop putting myself in a position to where I would be disappointed because she was never going to be the idea of a mom I wanted. This was it. What she was and who she was at that moment is who she's always going to be. And it's not good for me. I don't feel good about it. I, it's easier to just be done than it is to keep putting myself through the same situation, expecting someone else to change. So um, at that point, I blocked her. I blocked her. I took her number. I deleted it. Um, she's completely blocked. Most of her family is blocked because they, you know, they're the, they're the same. They're all the same. Um, I do still talk to my dad and my sister, um, my stepdad, and she's my half sister. Um, so I keep in touch with them. They, you know, she doesn't talk to my mom either. Um, all of that ended badly. So I don't even know. I don't know, you know, where my mom is, how she's doing, whatever. It's, it's, I don't think about that anymore, but, um, there is, like I said, I think there's always going to be a part of me that, you know, of course I'm going to always wish it could have been different, but it's, it's not going to be. So all I can do is move forward for me and be the mom to my kids that they deserve, right? You know, Brandon, one thing, you know, I want to just step in and say, you know, like as we're getting going, I've always thought you were so precious. <laughs> you're absolutely amazing. Like from the first time, like I ever met you, you're just so warm and inviting and welcoming and loving. And to me, like it just goes to show like, even though things may happen to us, and, you know, maybe we don't get the love that, you know, we know we deserve and we don't get the love, you know, that tends to mold people into, you know what I mean? Like this, you still have it. You are such a beautiful person. And despite like all that stuff that happened to you and, you know, you not having that loving mother, you are one of the best moms that I know. Like you are like the mom of all moms. It's so funny. Cause I mean, we've been at places and been at events and you're like, I just want my babies. Like you are such a good mother and it's just, it's really inspiring. So I just hope you know that like people see that in you. I see that in you. Um, I don't know. I just think you're for so sure. Good. Well, and I think that's something important that she pointed out and she talked about it in the book was, you know, it made her want to be a better mother. So instead of, and I had a similar experience and, and my mother's situation you know, I agree. My mother got in a really bad car accident when I was little and had to like relearn everything. And she wasn't emotionally or mentally equipped to love a child, quite frankly, whole nother story, but I don't blame her. It's kind of like you, I've, I've kind of put in my mind, like, I don't, I don't think it was her fault that she, you know, didn't love me the way maybe that I needed to be loved or, didn't, we didn't have that bond it, in my mom's situation. It really wasn't her fault. She, like I said, she had a terrible car accident. Um, but I think it made me want to be a better mother, you know, and I think the same thing. And you talked about that, like, I didn't have a great childhood. I didn't have a great mother. So I want to be better for my children and, and do it kind of the right way, if you will. And like Alicia said, I can definitely vouch for that too. I think you're an amazing mother. And I know, I, I think that. everyone knows how important your children are. Um, but instead of being the victim and being like another generation of a shitty mom, right? Like 
you took that and you took that power and you took it away and said, okay, I'm going to change this. And this is why, and you know, you're going to change and break the cycle for your children. So I think that's important. Breaking the cycle is, is the most important thing. And it doesn't matter. I think for your audience to understand, like it doesn't matter what cycle needs to be broken. doesn't matter how you grew up or who you were born to. And you know, we never had money. My relationship with money is something I'm really having to work on because it was always a struggle, right? Money doesn't grow on trees. You know, who's going to pay for that? And then, you know, being on my own at 15, I had no, no direction or guidance with money. So I had the credit cards racked up. I had student loans racked up. Like I, you know, very dumb mistakes that I learned from and I grew from. But the point is, is that no matter where you're at, if it's a relationship, if it's, money, if it's building your dreams, whatever it is that you're doing, you can break whatever cycle. It doesn't matter where you came from or how you got to where you are. What matters is that you get to decide. And I think realizing that the people in our life can make the same choice. My mom could make the same choice. She had to decide, right? Am I, you know, this was her choice. Like she's choosing that life and that's okay for her. Like, you know, I'll, I'll never blame her. In fact, I've been to the point of like, I really forgive her. I'm, you know, there's no hate. There's no like, you know, I think she's dumb. I think she's missing out on a lot of shit, but I don't like feel, I don't carry that anymore. I don't carry that. Just she's never been sorry. And I've had to forgive her anyway. And I knew that I had to decide to break the cycle, even though she didn't, that's on her. So you can't take other people's choices, you know, personal where, wherever they are in your life or what part they're playing. Um, but what you can do is, you know, break the cycle. You have to, you know, free yourself of whatever it is that's toxic. And it doesn't matter, you know, if it's blood or not. I'm not a fan of the whole, she's the only mother you're ever going to have. And, you know, you can't treat her like this. You can't just shut the door. And, you know, yes, I can. If it's not going to, it's not good for you. It's not good for you. And I don't care who it is. You know, if you have a grown kid, you know, that is toxic and you're this child's parent, you know, if they're toxic and they're making choices that aren't good, I don't, you shut the door. Toxic is toxic is toxic. It doesn't change. So it doesn't matter how they came in. You get to choose like, you know, how you leave basically. So. Yeah, that's your space. And you have to, you have to protect that. And when you get into those toxic relationships, they are hard, but I'm with you whatever avenue of relationship we're looking at, whether it's a friendship, business, whatever it is, it's something like so freeing when it's just kind of like, I don't think about it. I don't, you know what I mean? Like I may not necessarily be over it, but there's something so freeing, like actually you don't even cross my mind because I think society, sometimes we make things about us that aren't about us at all. And I think right. that's a huge mistake that we do. And we try to make something about us when actually wasn't about us at all. It was about them. People are very selfish. So as I think sometimes we, we take things personally that shouldn't have been because it wasn't about us. It was about them and what was going on with their shit at that time. And then we take it personal and then it becomes this vicious cycle. And I'm like, wait, maybe this wasn't about me at all. Or I've had people take things like maybe that I said and make it personal. I'm like, wait, this actually wasn't about you in any way, shape or form, but okay, whatever. Um, but the point being, it's nice to be in the point in a relationship where it's just kind of like non-existent. Like, I don't hate you. 
I don't love you. You're just somewhere lost out there in between to me. Like, you know, like it, it's right. kind of indifferent. And to get to that point in any relationship feels pretty damn good. Mm -hmm. Like it's not, I don't hate you. I don't mm -hmm. necessarily like you, but I'm just kind of, you're just kind of floating out there in space to me. And that's okay. People, it is yep. okay to have those relationships that are just floating out in space. Like whether it be in business, personal relationships, your kids, your mama, your aunt, they can just be a relationship out there. You know, there are also relationships in my life that are just like a lot of work. Do you guys know that relationship I'm talking about that is just like so draining and emotional? I'm just like, those I'll are like life suckers. I can't. Yeah. I'm like, I'll deal with that relationship later. It's not necessarily a bad relationship, but like that one friend that just requires like, Oh my God, so much of you. And I'm just like, look, I don't have time to nurture that relationship right now. That doesn't mean that friendship or that relationship is gone forever. I just can't do that right now. <laughs> like one of those right. relationships. Very small doses, small doses. Yeah. And I think that, you know, there's something to be said that a lot of times we don't really talk about and Brandon, you really hit it. I think a lot of times, you know, people, you know, the blood is thicker than water and, you know, you have to, when it's your mom or your dad or your sister, or your brother, and even your children, like when you're grown and, you know, like we always think we have to make excuses and justify people's behavior all in the name of you share the same blood. But you know, I really as well kind of buck that, you know, I've also been by myself since I was 15 years old. And I know that there's things I've been treated unfairly with. And to think that I just have to forgive those things or, you know, maybe forgive, but you know, not forget is crazy. And, you know, you do have your own life. And just because, you know, somebody gave birth to you or they share the same bloodline as you doesn't mean that they reserve the right to interfere with your peace. And so like, I love that, you know, you recognize that and say, you know, yes, this is my mom. I'll respect the fact that she gave birth to me, but I do not have to allow her to take place in my life and interfere with my peace. If it disrupts my peace and makes me unsettled and, you know, it's, it's something that's just not worth it, then I'm cutting it off. And I totally hear you in that. You know, I, I hear that. And, I, and I feel like, Alicia, you can relate, like your kids, you have a set of older kids and you have a set of younger kids. And I have Ty who just turned 18. And I feel that as a parent, you know what I mean? And, and Brandon, I know your older sister getting older too. Like I may not, if you're being toxic to me, like I've hung up on my teenager. I've told him like, you know, like this is not healthy for me. And like I said, I know Alicia, your boys are older and they're adults and you know, sometimes you have to just kind of cut that off and say, not right now, or realize like, if they don't necessarily like the decision you're making, like I'm an adult. So it's just like, when you get into motherhood and it's very interesting because yes, you are tied to your children for life, but your children can't dictate all of your moves as a mother. So I, I just think motherhood again, because all four of us are here and parenting is just like so crazy that this is kind of a, a huge topic. And when you get into motherhood, it's just like this never ending constant pulling. And again, I'm going to refer to Alicia because I know her kids are older and it's like, they want, they may want one thing and then they, but they want to control this or, you know, even my teenagers, like they want to have their say so, but only on certain things. And they think their opinion matters on some things. And then anyhow, motherhood and in, in a journey, all of this with your mother, with my mother, with their mothers, you know, Motherhood is tough. And I think, 
now that we are mothers ourselves, maybe we can even respect the journey a little bit more. Um, I think that's a little eye-opening. While we didn't have a perfect mother, most of us, um, I think we can look and be like, damn, motherhood was hard. So I kind of get it. You know what I mean? Like maybe, you know, I'm trying my best. And this is how I describe motherhood. And I tell my aunt this all the time. I'm like, to me, it's making the best decision at the time and hoping and praying to God it's the right decision, right? Because like every decision we make for our children, I'm like, damn, I hope that was the right choice. I mean, we didn't get a manual. We did not. I mean, we're probably doing better. Yeah, we're probably doing better than our own mothers in most of our cases, not all of our cases. But um, anyhow, I, it, motherhood will make you respect it. So let's dive into the book a little bit. So this is super important. I, I love it. I love the theme. Um, so Brandon, Once Upon a Time, Bitches. And if you all have not seen the cover, if you're just maybe listening to this, make sure you look up Brandon because it's very distinctive. She's absolutely one of the most stunningly beautiful people I've ever seen in my entire life and she has a ton of tattoos so I love that you talk about like look this is not photoshopped if you've seen the cover it's completely badass the original photo is absolutely beautiful so tell me about the cover I want to start with the cover because it is like I said Brandon's yeah, stunning and, and let's talk about the fact were you a little nervous or kind of back and forth with like should I put bitches on my cover? Oh, not nervous. Who's gonna offend? Blah 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 blah. I mean, I I was definitely I'm secure enough in my journey that I'm okay with the people that are okay with it, and I'm okay with the people that aren't. Like, uh, there was no question of what I want the title to be at all. So yeah, there was no doubt on that. Um, the cover. So it's really funny because the cover that actually made the cut um, was my iPhone camera selfie, 100%. I knew I wanted like a big poofy Cinderella dress. Like I wanted, you know, like a Cinderella theme of like, you know, that eight-year-old girl in me that never had a childhood that, you know, had to grow up really fast. I've always loved the fairy tales. I love the princess movies. I love all of that stuff. It's always drawn me. But I knew the truth at an early age that, you know, there's no such thing as Prince Charming coming to save you. Um, I've always known that because I've lived it. And it wasn't until, you know, I realized I did have to save myself that how, how many people out there just wishing for that fairy tale. So I wanted the whole fairy tale um, just feel about it. But I wanted, you know, I had to throw bitches in there to keep it real of like, you know, the record scratch, like, we're not going there. It stops. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. I ordered the dress on eBay. That was awesome. <laughs> it does. It didn't fit me. Um, it still doesn't. It's like for a little kid, I think. So yeah, I was in my office with a backdrop and just put my iPhone selfie camera. We snapped the cover. It was incredible. Fun time. I love it. You're like, this dress doesn't fit me, but this bitch is going on for this picture. <laughs> it might exactly. be back, but it's going on. Yeah. It stayed it. on just enough just stayed on enough for the pictures. We were good. I couldn't walk around in it. It was, it's funny. <laughs> yeah. I loved it. And I love the original photo. Like, like you mentioned, it's beautiful. Um, and, and it's you, it's a hundred percent you. And like I said, yeah. I love that in the book, you're like, by the way, all these tattoos are real. Um, so let's like, this is not in the book and it's totally off. Let, let's talk about the tattoos. Cause I know you bring it up, um, about your first husband in the book. You talk a little bit about it, but like, tell us, tell us your vision of, we have our vision, like obviously we see them, they're beautiful, there's beautiful colors, blah, blah, blah. But tell us about your vision of your tattoos and what they mean to you. 
So I think initially when I got them, it was really just another wall I was putting up. Um, I didn't start getting these when I was, um, I guess I have to back up a little bit. When I was like 15, 16, um, I was engaged to some guy in prison who's like 30, long story. Um, and so for Christmas, he had gotten a tattoo of my name and then he did a portrait of, we had taken a picture, a prison photo together and he put that on his um, ribcage. So I felt obligated at a young age because I had no fucking parents, okay, um, to tell me no. I went ahead and got his name on my wrist. So all this time I've had, that was the only tattoo I'd ever gotten and it was this guy's name. You know, we, he ended up marrying a prison guard um, so we broke up rather quickly. And then, uh, yeah, life goes on. And I've had Awkward. Can <laughs> we have a book on that next? I'm I just <laughs> following up. We need to follow Sometimes up. Sometimes stuff comes out of my mouth and I'm like, whose life was that? I <laughs> That's that. good. This sounds good. Part two. Yeah. <laughs> Forget about that stuff. But um, so, yeah, I uh, had this guy's name on my wrist for all this time. And I'm like, my kids are going to start getting older and ask me what this is. And I, you know, I'd ask my ex-husband all the time. I'm like, can I get this covered up? I have to, like, I have to do something. And it was always, no, tattoos are trashy. They're disgusting. They're of the devil and blah, blah, blah. So, um, yeah, I wasn't really allowed to get tattoos. And the minute that Showed we got him. divorced, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I met my current spouse, um, I'm like, this needs to be covered up a hundred percent. Like I'm not getting in another relationship with this name still on my wrist. Like I have to cover it. So, uh, I just went to the shop. I had no knowledge. I, you know what I mean? I don't know anything. I, I'm a newbie. And so I was just like, dude, I want this covered up. I don't care what you do. Just cover it up. He drew this little piece. This was like my first piece right here. And he said, um, everything beautiful and elegant starts out with a rocky core. Like that was his meaning for the tattoo. It was his work, his meaning. And I'm like, God, that's perfect. Cause my life has been shit, right? So now I have hope that it's gonna be beautiful and grow into something colorful and magical and I can create that. So um, yeah, that was my first session and I was hooked. And he loved working on my skin. I loved his work. So he has had free reign of everything. There was never a point where I was like, I want this. I gave it, you know, I said, I want whimsical. And he totally went with that. So, um, yeah, this is just total artist freedom. Um, and I think I really did it because I wanted to make sure that I was never with someone like my ex-husband ever again, right? Someone who's going to be judgmental of the outside and just like, you know, people used to be like, are you worried what people are going to think? And I'm like, I hope they judge me because then they're going to stay away from me. And those are the people I don't want to be with. Right. Like I, if, if you're really going to judge on that level, um, that I'm good with that. So it was just a whole other wall and a barrier. And now it has, you know, I flipped it because obviously it's a little attention grabbing. So instead of pushing people away, I think at this point, because of my growth, my personal development, it's something that I use to hook people in. So now I'm drawing more people instead of using it to repel them. And again, I love that because, you know, like, like we had talked about this month, the month of May is all about, you know, empowerment, empowering women. And to me, one of the biggest, one of the biggest um, 
turn-ons <laughs> for me is, you know, women who are not afraid to stand in them, you know, to stand in their self, to stand in their own, their own light and be exactly who they are. And I love the fact that you're like, you know what? I'm going to fucking put all these tattoos on me to make sure that I never slip. I'm not slipping. I'm not going back to that. I'm going to make sure that this is just an outward, you know, like very ballsy, very ballsy outward statement that you're not falling back uh, into that place that you came from. I love it. And I think that you're absolutely stunning and beautiful. And I'd never want to see you any other way. I love it. You are a total badass. Thank you for that. I kind of want to see a picture just out of curiosity at some point. I want to see what you look like before all your tattoos, just because I, I think it would be like so bizarre right. to even see you because it is part of who you are. And that kind of goes into, and I should also add for those who are just listening and not watching, Alicia has pink hair. So I feel like she's kind of relatable when it comes to the Brandon situation because we've all been with Alicia and Brandon. I've spent time with both of them and been out in public and it's just like an attention like grabber. Like no one cannot know or say something about it or make a comment about the pink hair or the tattoos like it's just they either love it or hate it they're either right but I think the important part with that was fine I think people get so focused on everyone liking them Mm -hmm. and Brandon brought up such an incredible point like it's either going to attract them or repel them and that's okay either way like it, it gets you in more with your people by doing that and I think like human instinct we we want people to like us we don't understand when people don't like us but realizing that everyone is not going to like us and that's okay and we may be drawn to a certain group of people and that's that's the people we are supposed to be with so I, I just wanted to point that out because it, it happens a lot and it happens every day and it happens in our there our industry so Brandon is an author, but she is also in the network marketing industry. Mm-hmm. And so it, it happens. There's a lot of judgy Judy going on and, you know, mm-hmm. setting people apart and things like that. So I just wanted to bring that up. So let's talk a little bit about um, the specifics of the book. So it's basically this bad hour, badass empowering, like you are worthy, you are worth this. You need to hear this. You have to make the change. But the most important part to me Brandon is they have to make the change. You have to snap out of it and you have to make the change. You can complain about it. You can cry about it. You use the analogy of Cinderella a lot. You talk a little bit about those fairy tales and you know what we're all hoping for, but in reality, it doesn't happen. Like I don't know of anyone that actually has this magical story and I appreciate it. I'm like you, I love it. And I think it's oh great and wonderful, but we are, you know, girls, women need to know you are going to be in charge of your own fairy tale at the old, that's the ultimate goal here. Right. So let's talk a little bit about like what made you just like people have to hear this. And I, I'm just, I have to breathe this life into people and I have to show them and, you know, walk us through the book, walk us through those motions that go with it. I do. Let me just say real quick. I do think that, that, you know, your story is so impactful and the way that you um, use that analogy, because I think like all of us, you know, as women, as little girls, we all hope for this fairy tale. And a lot of times we sit there and we wait for somebody to come save us as if that's actually going to happen. Not realizing that you have to be your own Prince Charming. You have to be your own own soldier. You have to be the one to get up and, and save yourself. And so anyways, yeah, let's hear it. Um, it came, 
it came out just because it's what I needed to hear. Um, it was everything I wish people would have told me when I first got into network marketing. Um, it's everything I wish someone would have told me before I committed to a serious relationship. Um, it's, it's everything I wish I knew before I became a mother. Like if you want something, you have to become it. If you want a good friend, be a good friend. You know, if, if you want a good mom, be a good mom. If you want a good spouse, be a good spouse. And this whole book came from that because I knew, um, I just had a huge wake up call. I, I talk a lot about how, you know, I grew up by myself. I really didn't have anything, but there's never been a moment that I could look back on and know I'm here because of God. Like I'm totally loved by, by something so much bigger than me. And when I got outside of myself and I really, I really embraced that, that's when I started hearing like the full on, you know, okay, you get it now. So you have to do something about this. Right. Um, a lot of people sign up for network marketing and they think like they're going to get rich quick because they just signed their name to a paper and hooked up their account and it doesn't happen like that. There's no magic trick. There's no secret to success. There's no, you know, no, no relationship is perfect. There is no amount of happiness that's going to come without any part of a struggle. There is always going to be a price to pay. You guys, life happens to everyone. No one dodges that bullet. No one. Everybody goes through it. Everybody gets tested. What's different and what makes us different is that we use that for fuel to grow and to keep moving forward instead of, you know, feeling sorry for myself and thinking, oh my God, this keeps happening. Maybe it's not for me. And there was a point um, in, in my whole dream to become an author. Like I love network marketing. I just knew it wasn't going to be the end all be all of my happily ever after. Like I wanted to write, I wanted to be outside of something right and so when this came when this came to me and it actually got picked up that was after I'd been rejected on this idea numerous times I mean 10 years of rejection and I kept going and I think that people people don't see that side of life and they think oh my god you got lucky you had it easy you know bitch I didn't get lucky I just didn't stop asking you know I didn't stop putting it in front of people's faces and the important part about what I want to show people is that your fairy tale is going to be different than mine. Your prince is going to look different than mine. Everybody wants something different. Everybody's idea of success is different, right? We're all, it's always going to be different. So you can't just align everything, you know, thinking you're going to live in a castle and your prince is going to show up in a carriage. And, you know, if you want that, great, but it takes a lot of work. And there are princes out there. There's incredible men out there. Are they going to show up in a perfect little package and you're never going to struggle? No, they have to grow just as much as you do. But as long as you're showing up for yourself, as long as you realize that, you know, this is your life, no one's going to live it for you. No one's going to make it easier. You have to get better. And once you really embrace that, then, you know, magic things start happening and you start loving yourself at a level that sets the bar for everybody around you. Nobody can love you less than you love yourself, right? You're not going to accept that. So. Um, I think it's really important that you forgive yourself, take responsibility for where you are, right? Because your choices got you here. You can do any, you, you can be and do anything you want, but not until you take responsibility for where you are and understand that, you know, saving yourself is going to take that effort. It's going to take the work and you're going to have to pay the price, pay the price of just facing life and getting up every time you get knocked down, every time.
I love it. I love it. And I love that it came for you, like in the form of a book, because I think that for, for some people it comes in different, you know, like the, the, like you're saying the whisper to that you have something to say comes in sometimes in the form of like a a Facebook group. Sometimes it comes in the form of a song. Sometimes it comes in the form of a a book or a podcast, you know, like there's just so, uh, but I love for you that it was a book because um, I did double majored in journalism and psychology in college. So writing was like my first love. And then much like you, um, I realized I became a mom and I realized it takes a lot of freaking hard work to do that. And it takes a lot of time to be successful in that. And so like, that's literally the only reason I didn't pursue journalism as a full-time gig. And so I love, I love reading. I love writing. I love that, that you did this and that you, that you stepped into that. So, um, just really quickly, we're not going to cover everything in the book because we do want people to grab it and read it, um, themselves. But if you could kind of like, tell us what are some of your, I guess, the, some of the things that in the book you wanted to make sure that you covered, like what are some of the themes that you were like, I have to make sure this goes in this book that just was the most powerful to you? I want to start with, I love that she just said, you have to take responsibility. So that to me, and I, and I see it, I'm not perfect by no means, but I do, it's something I've worked on and I do try to take responsibility, but I think it's so impactful when I see other people that I know are struggling, I'm like, just take some responsibility here. Just take some, I mean, we feel that way as wives, as mothers, as leaders, you know, and we all have a leadership role. We all run huge organizations. So taking responsibility and it sucks. You guys, sometimes it really freaking sucks because I've said this before and I'll keep saying it. I've had to eat face several times and apologize to someone and be like, look, I was wrong. You know, like I took full responsibility for that and it freaking sucks. But I think that's a huge part, Brandon. And I love that you talked about that in the book and how important it is because you're not going to get anywhere until you take responsibility for having something to do with it. The good, the bad, and the ugly. You even talk about, you know, yes, you got to where you are today because you took responsibility and you got there um, with the good and the bad, but taking responsibility is such a huge, huge part that most people don't want to deal with. Um, so I have seven maxims in there. Um, I'll give you, so my, obviously my favorite one and the one that, you know, that responsibility, people taking responsibility is my biggest, biggest thing. We always want to blame everybody else. We put on those expectations. We put on, you know, we, we blame everyone else and I'm not happy because you don't make me happy. Or, you know, people don't realize that happiness is not something someone can bring you or give you. It's a choice. Um, and that's, that's something I talk about a lot in there. Like you choose it, you choose how you react to things, you choose your perspective. Um, and another thing I talk about a lot is gratitude. And that includes being grateful for the bad stuff. Like if you're not grateful for the bad things, you're never going to appreciate the good things. Right. So I'm very grateful. Um, I say it in the book, I'm grateful for the choices that my mom made because it's, it made me who I am. And I would never, I wouldn't change who I am for anything. So you need to be um, super thankful of where you came from. Uh, And what's my other favorite? Taking responsibility, gratitude, and definitely the self-love. Self-love is like the key to everything. Self-love is the key 
to gratitude. Self-love is the key to good relationships. Self-love is the key to being a good parent um, and forgiving people that aren't sorry. Like you can't carry around toxic baggage that doesn't even belong to you because someone else made a jacked up choice, right? People are going to mess up. And I think it makes a woman very powerful when she can say, I'm sorry. I think that's part of the magic in who I am as a mom because everybody screws up. I screw up all the time and you can't be afraid to say you're sorry. You can't be afraid to forgive yourself um, because you do make those mistakes. So, you know, give yourself some grace, have, have the grateful heart, work on, you know, your self-love and that's, that's the magic. Yes. Love it. Love you. Love the book. Such it's so empowering. If you all haven't, I highly recommend it. It's, it's a great book, not super hard to read. Like I think even, you know, young people, I, I think if you're a woman, it can impact you. Maybe even if you're a man, quite frankly, I mean, it's not just for women, but it is obviously super empowering. Talks a little bit about her life, talks about her story, how she got here and, you know, how you can change your life and how these impacts can make a change in your life and what it can do for you. So I'm like, Ali, I, I love that God gave you that ability and and he told you to speak this into a book so that you could share it with others. Because I think sometimes we ignore our God-given abilities and that's something that we just absolutely can't do. And that's what I tell people all the time. You have your own God-given abilities. Sometimes it mm -hmm. takes us time to figure it out, um, but you're using that. And I appreciate that. And other people get the benefit from it. So love it. Yeah. And I know, I know like it's hard sometimes, you know, to step out and be vulnerable. And I'm sure there's, you know, some things in the book. I'm, I'm certain, you know, if you're pouring your heart into something, there was, you know, kind of some twisting and turning. And I can just say, you know, like, thank you. Thank you. I'm sure I can say that for women all over. Thank you for being vulnerable and for stepping up and stepping out and sharing your heart because I mean, we're certain that there's somebody that needed to hear exactly what you had to say. And if you didn't, you know, um, follow that calling and make yourself vulnerable, um, then people wouldn't have heard your words. So thank you so, so, so much for it. I just think you're absolutely brilliant. Thank you for, you know, like I said, being vulnerable and stepping out and um, it's pretty amazing, pretty amazing. And last but not least, Brandon, tell everyone where they can find you on social media, kind of maybe even like a teaser. What do you, do you have anything in the works? I don't know how much you can or can't say about that. Cause I'm, I'm hoping for that prison episode myself. I don't know about y'all. We, we, we want to hear Jerry Springer part two. <laughs> oh, we, we could go there. Um, <laughs> it sounds entertaining. Yeah. So you can that. sign up at brandonlinette.com. Um, book is available on Amazon and Audible. I'm on Facebook probably the most and Instagram. Um, I'm on all social media, but I'm not like, you know, daily on all of it because it's overwhelming. But um, I do have something in the works this summer. If you don't have the book, you need to get it because this is going to be a sidekick for it. Um, with all the crazy, we pushed book two out until probably next year, just because it's, it's a hardcore, like, you know, tough love and I feel like right now at this point that's not what the world needs because everyone took a big kick in the balls so uh we're gonna back off the tough love for a minute and let everybody catch their breath and then I'll go ahead and put the smack down there but um yeah this summer I have something really freaking cool something I have not seen out there that anyone has offered that's gonna go with this book so um 
you guys stay tuned for that because it's freaking it's it's awesome i'm very Yay. excited we can't wait oh my gosh no, super excited that's awesome. Well, Brandon, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for all that you do in our organization and that you do, you know, that you're doing for women all over the place right now. This is total thank badass. Like, and, this is power here. And like I said, it was very intimidating, but you guys are awesome. I appreciate the love. And I'm, I'm thankful that you guys listen to your calling and that you're, you know, not afraid to put, put in the work to get people out there to just be who you are. So thank you guys for doing what you're doing too. And super honored that you guys asked me to do this. So that people can find you. That's Brandon B-R-A-N-D-E-N. E-N, yes. not O-N. E-N. So if you're looking for it, it's an E-N and the book is Once Upon a Time Bitches. So get don't forget it, bitches. Thanks for joining us this week on A3 Life. Make sure to join us on Facebook and Instagram at A, the number three life, Inc. And check out our online shop at A, the number three life dot biz. 